Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Mark chapter 4, go down to verse 26. Share with the person next to you, that person you smiled at, that doesn't look half as good as you, but you still love them. (laughs) Share a Bible. If not, we're going to put it up on the screens. Jesus is talking and the disciples say, what is the kingdom of God like? It's what we're talking about. Look at what Jesus responds. Verse 26, Mark chapter 4. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Verse 30. This is Jesus continuing to talk about the kingdom of heaven. He says, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches. Verse 32, I love it. Yet when it is sown, it grows up. Yet when it is sown, it grows up. It becomes larger than all the garden plants. It puts out large branches. This last part says, so that the birds of the air can make nest in its shade. We looked at two parables of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Let's, let's dissect these over the next 20, 25 minutes then we're going to worship Jesus one more time. Church, I really believe God's going to do something in this place today. I love that I'm a part of a church that makes a difference in this city. And I'm so proud to be part of a church that's making a difference around the world. But today, we're going to realize that that happens when we all participate in bringing heaven on earth. Amen? We two of this series. Today, I want to talk to you from this title, From Seed to Tree. From Seed to Tree. Why don't you say that with me? Come on. From Seed to to tree from seed to tree write that down in your notes in your notebook let's talk about this for the next 20 something minutes and then the band's gonna come back up we'll worship Jesus let's open up our heart to what God wants to do in this place amen from the building additional seating everybody watching online and let's believe that at the end of the year God's gonna do even greater than what he's done all year long amen let's pray father we thank you we love you thank you for your goodness thank you for your grace speak to us today thank you for your word it is alive it is living and we pray that it comes inside of us and it opens up our eyes to see your goodness and your grace thank you for Calvary Church thank you for every service every connection people watching all over the world thank you God for what you're doing through this church thank you for all this happened this year and all that's to come we believe that the best is yet to come we thank you we love you. We give you all the praise and all the honor. And all of Calvary says? Amen. Oh, come on. All of Calvary says? Amen. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? In Russia today, there's a Buddhist temple 
that holds a preserved body of a Buddhist monk that was named Dashi. Dashi lived almost a century ago, and although he passed, his body has been perfectly held. It has not decomposed. It really is almost a modern miracle. Legend says that when he was 75, already retired, he, he gathered his students around him, and he says, I want you to come back and check my body in 30 years. And Dashi, at that moment, he got into a pose, a yogi pose called the lotus pose or something like that. I've never practiced yoga. But um, he got in the pose, started praying, and passed away. 30 years later, his students came and they took his body out of the grave and they found him still in this yoga pose, almost perfectly still shaped without his body decomposing. They're like, what do we do? We don't know what to do. They put him back in the grave and almost 75 years later, took him out of the grave. And here we are almost a century later and his body has just, just a little bit of decomposing, but he's still in this pose and it has made people wonder, has he died or is he perhaps hibernating? Now, I don't know. I didn't bring this up so that we can all figure out what's happened, but I did bring this out. Because I'm afraid that today we have modern day Christian monks who are in a yoga pose and are sleeping on everything that God has for them. And I believe 30 years can pass by in a moment. And so many of us can miss out on what God wants to do in our life, in our relationships, in our marriages. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is calling a church to come alive. And yet we sit in our houses, in our homes, or our churches in lotus pose hibernating. How many Christians today are asleep to all that God wants to do in and through their life? Oh, I believe we're alive in Christ, but spiritually sleeping to all he has. I believe that we're possessed by the Spirit, yet missing the energy of the Spirit. I believe we're not possessed by the mission of God to go out and reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're entertained with services instead of letting the services do something in our spirit and our heart. Oh, we want the fruits of the Spirit, but we don't want the perseverance of the Spirit. Here's the thing, we want some reaping without sowing. And church, today what I've learned is that input determines output. Come on, can you say that with me this morning? Come on, input determines output. All that you put into your life will determine what you get out of your life. Oh, you, you can't want abs if you keep eating corn casserole for the next two months. Are you hearing me? You can't want a good marriage if you don't invest in that marriage. Input determines output. You can't want a good relationship with your kids and your family if you keep putting the business first. Because input determines output. You can't want the raise and the better position if you keep showing up late to work and missing days. Input determines output. You can't be upset about the results you didn't get with the work that you didn't put in. Input determines output. 
Today, I, I remember hearing these words of a preacher that said, if you don't like what you're reaping, maybe you should change what you're sowing. If you don't like what you're getting out of life, maybe today we need to change what we're putting into life. And I just feel like today God wants to awaken a church, not just like corporately, but personally to say, I'm going to change what I put into my relationships. I'm going to change what I put into my marriage. I'm going to change what I put into my workplace. I'm going to change what I put into my community. I'm going to start putting some love. I'm going to start putting some forgiveness. I'm going to start putting some grace is what I'm going to get out. And I think today, we got a lot of people crying about the past. And you're still stuck on all that went wrong. Here's what I can tell you. You can't change the past, but you can't change the future. I'm going to change what I put in to change what I get out. I can't keep crying about what happened 20 years ago, but I can make a difference today. And so today, some of us, we need to change what we're putting into life. I don't want to go through life sleeping like a Buddhist monk. I want to be awake to what God wants to do in my city. I want to be awake to the calling of God and what he wants to whisper at me in the middle of the night. I want to be awake of what God wants to do in Miami through Calvary. Come on. God is looking for a church that's awake. Can I get an amen? amen. Input determines output. So I'm going to change what I'm putting into my life. And I want to be awake to all that God wants to do today. What can you start putting into your life? What can you start putting into your relationships? What can you start putting into your family? Maybe it's more time. Maybe it's more grace. Maybe today you need to start loving your spouse a little better. Maybe today we need to start treating our kids a little better. Maybe today you're like, you know what? Maybe today's the day I stop cursing out my neighbors and start forgiving them. That's not for anybody at Calvary. That's for anybody else watching on TV. Maybe today I stop giving the one finger wave on the turnpike and I start praying that God would just save them in Jesus' name. Maybe today I'm, I'm going to stop harassing employees and I'm going to start loving them like a good boss. Maybe today I'm not just going to look down on my city, but I'm going to start speaking blessing over my city and believe that God can raise up churches throughout the city of Miami to make a difference. Can I get an amen? And we're going to believe that as we all answer God's call, heaven will come down on earth. Are you hearing me, church, this morning? Heaven will come down on earth. I want to tell you today that the kingdom of heaven does not come down on earth by a sleeping church. But the kingdom of heaven comes down on earth by leaders who refuse to just live average. By leaders who challenge the status quo. By men who decide to live sexually pure. By women who decide not to sell their bodies online. By men who decide to love their wives and not cheat. By women who decide to live with values and morals. By men who decide to preach the gospel. By women who decide, I'm going to raise up kids that love Jesus. Oh, come on. That's how we bring heaven down on earth. Can I get an amen? What the world needs is a church that's alive to all that God wants to do. Are you with me, church? Slap your neighbor and tell him, wake up. God has a call over your life. <laughs> Some of you slap your neighbor a little too hard. Been waiting all year to slap your husband. Come on. We need a church that's awake. God, we're going to bring heaven on earth, and I'm going to participate. I put it this way. Respond to the call to change your world. 
So many of us, we want a new life. We want a new world. We want God to change our surroundings. God changed my marriage, changed my family, changed my workplace. I, I want it to go better. What are you inputting so that you can get out? Respond to the call so that today we can change our world. Amen? Amen. Last week we started this series and we talked about one part of our church. Our church is formed by different things that we do, different callings that God has put into the church. And we grabbed this from Acts chapter 2 really. But one of the things our church does is celebrations. We talked about this last week. Somebody say celebrations. Celebrations, celebrations is when we all gather together. We gather together as a church to worship to pray. We talked about this last week that we bring heaven on earth when we gather together and we pray for heaven to come down. We preach that heaven is coming down and we prove that heaven has already come down. Talked about this in week one. It's important for the church to gather and celebrate on the weekends. And I believe today as people walked in, maybe they walked in with no idea of where they walked into, but they're soon going to find out heaven is here. As we pray, as we preach, and as we prove. Celebrations is one of the things we do, but another one of the things that we do is, is called commitment. Somebody say commitment. And what we believe here is that God just doesn't just want to save people, but he wants to form people. He wants disciples. Can I get an amen? He didn't say go out into all the world and just make believers. He said go out into all the world and make disciples. God wants to make disciples. So as a church, we're into discipleship. It's called spiritual formation. We just don't want people to come into a building. We want them to be the building that God is raising up as we all are a part of this. And we do this through many different ways. And we make sure that people get into Grow Track, which is starting next week. And I, I really believe everybody should go through Grow Track. We've revamped Grow Track, and it's the way that you're going to find out what Christianity is about, what Calvary is all about. We want you to be formed. We, we want there to be discipleship, spiritual formation in your life. We also do that through CLS, which started on Tuesday night. We have over 140 people that are part of CLS. And we're learning the Bible, and the Bible is shaping us and forming. We should look more like Jesus the more we live. Church is not just a place we attend. It's a people we belong to. And as I put my faith in Christ, I should start looking like Christ. In fact, I really believe this. Faith is not just the hand up. I love hands up. Every single Sunday, at the end of every message, we make a salvation call. And many of you see hands go up every Sunday. I mean, God is doing something beautiful in this place. And it doesn't matter who's teaching, preaching. We have an average of about 30 people that get saved every single Sunday. Yeah, come on. For the glory of God, it's amazing. Now... Now, faith is not just a hand up. I really believe that believing in Jesus is a hand up, but it's also a foot forward. It means there has to be action in your life to what you believe and confess. And so we want people to begin to walk this out, whether they go to Growth Track, whether they go to CLS, or whether they become part of Dream Team. There has to be spiritual formation in your life that you start to look like Jesus. And so we really believe that that happens through discipleship. And we all start looking like Jesus, learning what Jesus was like, practicing what Jesus does. And I love that as a church, we really are committed to this. The kingdom of God, it comes down to earth through commitment. Somebody say commitment. Commitment shapes you. You hear me, church? Commitment will shape you. You, you can live with a boyfriend and girlfriend, but until you're really committed 
oh, no, no, we're not married. We're just going to move in with each other and we're going to try it out. That's never going to shape you into the man or woman that you need to be. But when you say, I'm getting married before God, before witnesses, something happens when you take a commitment in your life. It begins to shape you. The same thing with God. When you get committed and you say, I'm going to get committed to God's call over my life, find out what my giftings and purpose, it begins to shape you. Commitment begins to form you. And so Jesus, he, he talks about this as he's talking about the kingdom of God. And he's going to say it takes commitment. Why, how does he say this? Well, he, he's going to talk about the kingdom of heaven. And he's going to give steps. And we just read this, but I want us to read it one more time, especially the first line. Jesus says, okay, the kingdom of God, it's, it's this way. It's like a farmer. And he's going to begin to give this parable or this story that helps us understand what the kingdom of God is like. Look what he says one more time. Mark chapter 4. Ver, is this making sense so far? Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Okay, let's break this down. Jesus is saying, what is the kingdom of God like? And he says, well, first, it's like a man who scatters seed on the ground. What can we learn about this? If we're going to be committed to bringing heaven on earth, God, I want to be, be a disciple. I want to be formed and shaped like Jesus. I think the first thing that we can learn is, number one, that you can sow. Somebody say, you can sow. See, here's the thing. There's a lot of things that a, that a lot of us can't do, but there's one thing that a lot of us can do and should do, and that's sow a seed. Today, what we can know about the kingdom of heaven is that we can sow a seed. Today, you have the word of God. Today, you have the testimony of what God has done in your life, and you can go and sow that seed. Now, not all of us can preach and teach, but that doesn't mean you can't sow a seed. We all have different giftings. We all have different callings. And with the platform and with the pulpit that God has given you in your life, you can sow a seed where you're at. Every single one of us can sow a seed. Today, maybe some of us were waiting to get up on a platform. But can I tell you, you got a platform in your office. You got a platform in that hospital. You got a platform in that school. You got a platform with those kids at home. You can sow a seed. Today, I wonder if some of us are sowing seeds or we're just waiting for somebody to come. You know, we say on Dream Team here often, and today I'm so excited because we have about 350 people on Dream Team for the glory of God. And something that we say often to Dream Team is that all those salvations that have happened for the last few years, it's not because of a pastor or a preacher, it's all of us sowing seed. Like, like, it wasn't just because they heard a cute message and gave their life to Jesus, but it was because the parking team was out there welcoming cars with a smile. And they thought they were going to walk into Dolphin Mall and there's a mess of cars and everybody's honking and there's all kind of accidents. No, but we got a parking team that's sweating out there, welcoming people with a, with a smile. Can I tell you, that's seed being sown. You know, another seed being sown is when you walk in and you got your kids acting crazy. And I thank God for kids' team. Because they're saying, so that you can go into service, let me take care of your little demons. I mean, your little angels. And... <laughs> come on, they allow us to come in here and hear the word of God. That seed being sown. is when the team gets up here, not to put on a performance, but they sing under the anointing of God. Oh, come on, that's the seed being sown in the heart. 
Oh, come on, it's when the light team and when the, when the media team and the online team gets here at 6 a.m. to prepare this room, that seed being sown. Oh, come on, I'm grateful for Dream Team that is sowing seed every single Sunday so that hearts can receive the gospel. And not everybody can preach, not everybody can teach, but baby, everybody can sow a seed. Oh, come on, what we need is a church that's sowing seed. What we need is a church that does their part. Charles Spurgeon, he put it this way. He said, any man who has received the knowledge of the grace of God in his heart can teach others. He said, we cannot all teach alike, for all have not the same gifts. To one is given one talent, and to another ten. Neither have we all the same opportunities. For one lives in obscurity, and another has far-reaching influence. Yet there is not within the family of God an infant hand which may not drop an old tiny seed into the ground. Woo! Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers to ever live, preached in the 1800s. His message on sowing a seed is one of the most phenomenal messages I've ever read. I almost came up here and recited the whole thing. He said, not all of us have the same platform. Not all of us have the same influence. But there's not one seed in the kingdom of God, one hand in the kingdom of God that can sow a seed. We can all sow a seed. And I'm telling you, over time, you will see what God does with your seed. Over time, you're going to see that we, we can sow a seed anywhere. Anybody can sow a seed and anywhere we can sow a seed. In whatever workplace you have, wherever God takes you, you can sow a seed. Maybe you're saying, well, there's no way I can do it. Can I tell you, we've seen people do it here left and right. After service, every other Sunday, there's this lady that always comes up to me. And a few weeks ago, maybe about two weeks ago, she came up to me and she goes, Alex, I got to give you some more great news. I invited somebody else to church and they gave life to, their life to Jesus. She goes, that makes 25 already this year. Oh, come on. You know what she's doing? She's sowing seed. Oh, come on, she's, a, she's sowing seed. That's a farmer putting seed on the ground. I think about a story of one of our pastors who gave his life to Jesus and God saved him from an incredible past. And today he's serving on team. I love him so much. And I remember every single week he would say, hey, can you guys pray for my sister? Can you guys pray for my sister? What God did in me, I want it to be done in my sister. We would all pray. And week after week would go and she wouldn't come to church. She wanted nothing to do with Jesus. And it looks like it's time to stop sowing seed. You're not seeing no harvest. You're not seeing no results. Stop sowing seed. And some of us, maybe we've gotten tired because we haven't seen the harvest when we wanted. I remember a year went by, two years went by, and he would always bring up his sister for prayer requests. And after three years, his sister walked into church and gave her life to Jesus. And here's the beautiful thing. Here's the beautiful thing. She gave her life to Jesus, and a few months after, he got to baptize his own sister. Oh, come on. Come on, Calvary. This is what we're going to do. We're going to sow seed. You know, you know how I want Calvary to be in 2023? I want us to be walking around with a, with a spiritual bag full of seed, and we're just putting seed everywhere that we go. Seed to the left and seed to the right, in the office, in the hospital, in the workplace, in the family. I'm just sowing seed. I'm sowing seed everywhere that I go. I can't do everything, but I can do something. I'm going to sow my seed. Can I get an amen? Oh, today, come on, church. Let's be a church that sows seed. And you say, I can do something. I can sow a seed. Today, you can sow number two. You can watch it grow. You can watch it grow. Here's the beautiful thing about the seeds that we sow. God causes it to grow. 
You never have to wonder what's going to happen with the seed that I sow. That word of encouragement that you give to somebody. That word of faith that you give to somebody. When you show up to that workplace and you tell a, a fellow, a co-worker, hey, God loves you. Jesus loves you. He died for your sin. Every time you sow a seed, it is powerful. Jesus says, what is the kingdom of God like? He says, it's like a, a farmer who sows seed. And, and then he goes on about his day, day and night. And little by little it grows and he doesn't know how. You can watch it grow. God's going to cause it to flourish. You know why? Because God always backs up his word. We have a powerful word, church. You have a powerful weapon in your mouth and it's the word of God. And you can sow that seed everywhere that you go. I wonder if Calvary would be the type of people that we carry our bags everywhere and to the waiter in the restaurant, to the gas attendant, Whoever helps us at that Starbucks giving us our frappes. Hey, I'm going to sow a seed with the gospel of God. That Jesus loves them and that Jesus died for them. And every time we do, you can know that it's never going to come back empty. Look what the Bible says, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 through 11. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, make it to bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish all that I've set it to do. And it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Ooh. God says, my word never comes back void. Every single time you and I, we say something on behalf of God's word, you can know that word goes out in power. We have a powerful word on our hands. And God's always going to make sure that it succeed and it goes out and it does what he says it will do. It may not be in our lifetime. We may not see it when we want. But in his timing, that seed has power and it will come to pass. And you will see the result because it's God's word. It never comes back void. And so a lot of us, we may just be sowing seed and you have no idea. But give us some time, it's going to come back. God's going to do something with that seed that we sow. You and I, you know what we do? We sow seeds and we water it. Paul talking to the church in Corinth, he says, you guys are fighting over which pastor you like best, whether it's Apollos, whether it's Peter, whether it's Paul. He says, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God did the growth. Here's what we can do. We can sow and we can water. Watch it grow because God's going to cause it to grow. As a church, we've seen what God has done. You know what we're going to continue to do? We're going to continue to sow seed and watch it grow. Sow seed and watch it grow. Because the, the word we're sowing will never come back empty because it's powerful. Peter talks about this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. You have been given a new birth. And it was from a seed that cannot die. This new life is from the word of God which lives forever. I love that I got a word of God that cannot die. You got a word from God that cannot die. And when you speak to neighbors, to families, to friends, as we bring heaven on earth, you're not giving empty talk. You're not giving motivational speak speeches to your family. 
you're not just blabbing when you talk to friends. You got a powerful word in your mouth. It's the word of God that we sow. And it's a powerful word that we sow. Today, some of us, we need to realize we got power in our life. And it's not credit to any man. It's credit to God and God alone. He gave me power on the inside. He's given me his word. And so you show up to your workplace. You show up to your family dinner. You show up where your friends are. And you say, I just want to tell you, God has been good to me. You don't need to know Genesis through Revelation. You just need to say, hey, I was blind, but now I see. I was lame, but now I walk. Oh, I was dead, but now I'm alive. That's the power of God. And your testimony can help out so many people. Today, come on, let's, let's sow a seed and then watch it grow. I'm going to sow a seed and watch it grow. As a church, it's what we've done. The past 20 years that we've been here, we've just sown seeds and watch it grow. Sown seeds and watch it grow. Why? Because when you sow a seed, when you watch it grow, number three, we'll finish with this, then you'll be able to have results that you can know or a harvest that you can know. That's what Jesus said. What is the kingdom of God like? Jesus says, well, it's like a farmer. He goes out and he sows seed. He, he scatters seed, Jesus says. And then he says, oh, he goes about his day and he sleeps day and night. He wakes up, goes to work, goes back to sleep, not knowing how it will grow. But then he said, at the right time, he takes out a sickle because the harvest is ready. When you sow a seed and you water it, you do what God has called you to do. Over some time, you're going to find out there's a harvest, results that you can know in your life. Knowing that what we do is not in vain. Well, Alex, how do I know I'm going to get a harvest out of the seed that I sow? Every word of encouragement. Every time that you spend with somebody who's feeling alone and lonely. Every dollar that you invest into the kingdom of God. All those prayers that you've said with people who are going through it. All that is seed sown. How do I know what Jesus said in that same chapter at the beginning when he was explaining more about sowing and reaping. He says, all the other seeds, they fell into good soil and they produced grain. Mark chapter 4 verse 8. Growing up and increasing and yielding. How much? He said 30 fold, 60 fold, and 100 fold. Calvary, I want you to listen to me this morning. The seeds that you and I sow, whether it's seeds of the gospel with encouragement, preaching, time, money. Jesus says, oh, they'll come back either 30, 60, or 100 fold. You're going to be able to see some of that harvest come back in your life. How's God going to produce that in your life? He grows it. And how it comes back to you, that's between you and God. God's going to bring it back into your life, maybe with more hope, more joy, more peace. Here's what I know. He's going to keep supplying so that you keep sowing. It's the promise of God. Do not grow weary in well-doing because in due time, you'll see. You'll see the harvest. Today, as a church, I'm excited because as we've continued to sow, we haven't gotten tired. There's a poem by Charles Allen. He said, Oh, many seeds I've sown and many birds have come and taken the seeds. But I've also held a lot of golden sheaves in my hand to know I must keep on sowing. Maybe today you're saying, Alex, I, I've done a whole bunch of praying. I've done a whole bunch of input. It doesn't look like I've got an output. 
Here's what I'm going to tell you. Throughout your life, you're going to see moments where you hold the harvest in your hand and you know it. And it should encourage you. Don't stop sowing. Because that seed can turn into a tree. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the small seed that God has given you. When you start doing it in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your community, in your church, God can, God can multiply it and do a whole lot with it. In the year 2022 alone, this year, because all the seeds we've sown, we've seen over 1,600 people give their lives to Jesus. 1,646 people have given their lives to Jesus. Oh, come on, that's seeds we've sown. From the parking to, to media. Oh, come on, the kids. There's a harvest to know. Here's, what, here's even a greater number. Since 2016 that we started collecting data, all the seed that we've sown, today we can stand up and say, well, in the last six years, we've seen 16,000 people give their life to Jesus. Oh, come on. For the glory of God, 16,277 people have given their lives to Jesus because we've been sowing seed. Come on, church. That's good news. Come on, that's every word, every dollar, every prayer, every time we've done this together, we see people come to Jesus. And that's not even going into all the numbers of all that we've done through Embrace, our anti-human trafficking, all the homeless outreach, all the prison ministry. Here's what we say. There's a harvest we've gotten to know. Today, I wonder if you say, maybe today I need to start inputting so that I can see some output. I want to see the harvest in my family, in my marriage, in my church, in my community. I'm not just going to be like a sleeping monk. I'm going to be alive to all that God wants to do. I'm going to finish with this. Jesus was coming into the city and the band's going to come up. We're going to worship. But there's a story in the Bible of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And, and he's looking across the city from the hill. Those of us who went to Israel, Jerusalem is surrounded by mountains and hills. And you can see it from different parts. And it says that Jesus, he was coming into the city. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Look at this story with me. It says, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages. He was teaching in their synagogues. He was proclaiming the gospel. He was sowing seeds of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And it says, when he saw the crowds, he had what? Come on, he had what? Jesus had compassion on them. When he saw the crowds, one, one translation says, when he saw the multitudes, he had compassion on them. Compassion is a word that literally we had to make up in the English language to try to explain what Jesus was feeling. It's this feeling deep down inside. He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Calvary, can we hear the words of Jesus today? The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. Miami is ready to hear the gospel, but the laborers are few. Miami's full of broken people, 
Miami's full of people. You know them. I know them. Sometimes we work with them. We bump into them. We eat with them. They're trying to find peace and grace and mercy in the bottom of a bottle, in another relationship, maybe with a drug addiction. We know them. Can we have compassion on them the way that Jesus had? And can we see the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. Today, maybe we're thinking, well, maybe I got to be a preacher like so-and-so, and maybe I need a pulpit like this. No, all you need is to use the seed that God has given you. And that seed can turn into a tree. May not be overnight, but you keep putting the input, and soon we'll see the output. It's kind of like that science project they, they made us all do when we were in middle school. Did they give you little seeds and you had to take them home? And I remember we all went home with this little cup and, and they gave us a seed to put in the dirt. Me, my brother, and my sister will put it up by the kitchen window and it'd be like day after day. Anybody remember that science project? Most boring science project of all time. And you'll go check on that cup every single day and it's like nothing but dirt. <laughs> nothing but dirt. But here's the thing. It may be down and buried, but God is doing the work underneath. Today, you and I, we can sow a seed, and here's what we know. God is doing the work. And over time, you go and you check on that cup, and all of a sudden, a little, a little plant will start to come out. All you see was a little bit of green, and you're like, ah, my, my plant is growing. I want to get as excited over Miami as I was over that little plant. Oh, 16,000 people giving their lives to Jesus. Come on. Come on. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not part of a sleeping church. 700 bookbags. Oh, look at that seed is coming. Come on. Over $1.4 million in the past six years. Wow. That's heaven on earth. Calvary, we're going to be a bunch of people that's going, wow. That's everywhere we go. But a seed can do a whole lot. I was reading a study on seeds this past week as I was getting ready for the message. And, and I read this article that talked about new forests coming up on the earth. And they were studying new forests coming up, especially in South America. There's a group of scientists trying to discover how do we see all these forests begin to literally migrate up north. And there's new trees coming up. And really super interesting article. They say new trees, everybody gets excited about new trees. We need more trees. Obviously, you want to try to help the environment. And so scientists are like, this is awesome. But how are the trees being planted and moving up? And so they did a study. They went down there and they realized that below the trees, there was these small little animals called mice. <laughs> and although we hate mice and we don't like it, they're doing a whole lot of work underneath the forest. There's some winds that come by and they pick up the seeds and they spread them like they do in different parts of the earth. But there's, there's parts of the earth where the seeds are not picked up by the wind. But thank God for the mice. And the scientists discovered that the mice, they're picking up the seeds. Some of them eat the little seeds or they just eat the outside. And they, as they walk, they literally put microchips on these mice. And they saw how they traveled all throughout the forest and they dropped the seed off in places where there were no trees. Give it some time. And the trees started coming up. And because of all these mice that have gathered seeds, eaten seeds, traveled with seeds, the forest is moving up. 
I think when God looks down on Miami and he sees a forest, it didn't happen because one person planted a bunch of trees. There's gonna be a bunch of little mice <laughs> down in the southeast region of Miami, down in a place called Kendall. And maybe we didn't have everything, but you know what, we had a seed. And we took that seed to every place we went to. And we told people of the gospel. And we went to the left, and we went to the right, and we went north, south, east, and west. And from a seed comes a tree. Oh, come on. Can we pray today, Lord, send revival. Use me. I don't want to sleep, but I want to be awakened to all that you want to do. Come on, why don't we stand up on our feet? Hallelujah. Before we head out, we want to give an opportunity and maybe this message that stirs something in your heart and you're saying, God, I'm all in. God, use me. And here's what I know. God is going to be ready to use you the moment you, you give your life to him. You see, here's the thing. What holds us back from, from stepping into the life God has called us, many of us in this room too, is, is sin. A lot of us, we, we were born sinners, you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, and sin literally separates us from God. Literally, if you and God were at a party, he can't hang out with you because it's that sin that, that he just can't be a sin because he's holy. And here's the thing, all of us, we, we don't want to be far from God. We want God close in our lives, whether we believe in him or not. Something inside of us desires to have God in our lives. And so what we do is we try our very best to be nice people, to be good people, to give to charity, to, to be good parents, to be good workers. And we think that is gonna save us from sin. In reality, those are great things, but it won't save your soul. And so Jesus, because he loves us, the son of God loves us so much. And he doesn't want there to be a separation between you and God, that he wants to be the bridge that brings you together. He had this plan to, well, I'm gonna go down to earth, be born as a baby, grow up to be a man, and I'm gonna take their place, your place, my place on that cross that was meant for every single one of us because the price of sin is death. That's why it's nothing to play with. Sin will lead your life to death. And there's nothing you can do to get rid of it on your own power. So Jesus, and that's why we worship every Sunday. That's why we give our life to Jesus because of what he did on the cross. Jesus being fully God, fully human took our place. So the Bible tells us that he's with the disciples and he'd been doing ministry and the time had come to give his life. And so what happens is the authorities come to arrest Jesus, but Jesus was never guilty. He never did nothing wrong, but he knew he had to give his life up. So Jesus gives his life to the authority. He's tried it illegally. He's harassed, he's abused, he's tortured. He's made fun of, he's abandoned by his friends and family. And ultimately he's put on that cross, hands nailed, feet nailed, a crown of thorn put on his head to make fun of him. And Jesus dies on that cross. They get the body of Jesus, they put it in a tomb, and for three days, Jesus is dead. The Bible tells us they look for Jesus' body in the tomb, but it's no longer there. Why? Because he defeated sin and death. It couldn't hold him down, it couldn't bring him down. And that's the Jesus we serve and give our lives to. And now here's the thing, why is that significant? Because Jesus did all the work. So guess what you have to do? All you gotta do is believe. All you got to do is say, Jesus, you did all the work and I'm going to put my faith, my hope, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give it and put it in your hands and I'm going to trust that you will change from the inside out. And guess what? He will. He will. So in this moment, every eye closed, every head bowed, we're going to finish off here in a moment. It's the last time we're going to do this, but I want to just give an opportunity for those that don't know Jesus. 
you felt something stirred in you today. Maybe you even feel like, like you're ready to go. You're ready to do something for God, but you, you still haven't fixed that sin problem. This is your moment. The Bible says that the, the day of salvation is today. We don't wait for tomorrow. Life is but a, vi- a, a vapor, a mist. This is, today is the day of salvation. It's free, it's free, it's free, it's free because Jesus, what he did on the cross. So if that's you, you're saying, Phil, I wanna, I wanna have forgiveness of my sins. I wanna start a life with Jesus today. On the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand. I'm not gonna put a mic in your face. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but this is you committing and going all in with Jesus. Hands are already going up. On the count of three, if that's you, one, two, three, you lift it up. You lift it up. You want to give your life to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. God bless you in the back. God bless you. I see you. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. God bless you here on the left. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate you in a moment, but I want to lead you in a prayer. It's a repeat after me prayer. This is you talking to Jesus. I'm just helping you facilitate it, helping you with this prayer. And it goes like this. Calvary, let's say it along our, alongside of our brothers and sisters. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I open my heart, invite you inside to be my friend, to be my savior, to be my God. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, I thank you and I love you. And everybody said, come on, let's put our hands together. Let's celebrate all those hands that went up. Hey, if you raise your hand, we want to make sure this day feels special to you. So we got a couple gifts we want to give to you. And so after service, don't, don't, don't leave just yet. We got a connect tent with amazing Dream Team members. They want to give you a free gift. And in that gift, there's going to be a coffee mug, a journal, a letter from Pastor Alex and Diana, a free coffee voucher to Circle Cafe, which is the best coffee in the world. And... Um, but not just give you a gift. We really want to be a resource to you and help you find your next step and say, okay, Phil, I gave my life to Jesus. I want to, I want to change my city for Jesus. Guess what? Get this gift and we'll help you make that a reality. And so church, let's put our hands together one more time for those people that gave their lives.